Welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your sex-positive adults-only guide to escorts with Aussie sex worker Georgie Wolfe. This is episode three. When it comes to escorts, a lot of clients worry about authenticity, compliments, orgasms, mutual pleasure. What if it's all an act? If you're the kind of person who gets off on your date having a good time, these concerns might be getting in the way of your enjoyment too. Luckily, the amazing Tash Murphy is joining me to talk about what's authentic, what isn't, and how to keep it real. Hey, Tash. Hey, Georgie. How are you going? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm locked down normal. <laughs> yeah, I completely feel you. I uh, am definitely um, uh, adapted to lockdown life, pretty much living in trackies the whole time, so <laughs> a bit different to normal life. <laughs> it's different. Just don't use the word pivot because I'm so tired of hearing it. <laughs> I'm super looking forward to chatting with you about this, and it's something we've talked about before, so I reckon it's going to be a great conversation. But before we get started, I have to just cover a couple of really important disclaimers for our listeners. Um, so firstly, um, we don't speak for all sex workers. This stuff is our opinion only. Um, second, there's no legal advice here either. So it's your job to know your local laws and follow them. Um, and last, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your escort's advice. Now that we've got those three things out of, out of the way, we can get into the interesting stuff. And I guess the first thing that I'd love to ask you is um, what kind of sex work do you do? What's your background in the industry? Um, so I'd say that I have been doing full service since 2016. Um, before that, I was industry adjacent. Um, I was on the um, outside of the industry, but sort of associated with it. Um, so I've done a combination of different things. Um, I've worked in adult retail. I've worked in um, advocacy. Um, I have worked in um, sexual health and community health. Um, awesome. 2016, um, I started doing parlor work. Um, I And then since 2018, I've been doing um, independent um, escorting. So, so yeah. we actually have a lot in common because I've worked in I've worked in adult stores and I've worked for adult mail order retailers. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've actually done a bit of work in sex education in a health context, which is like heaps. Um, you've got heaps more clout than I do in that space. Fucking good on you. Yeah, thanks. Um, I actually really love it. Um, I think it's one of those things is when I was doing adult retail is uh, I got to meet some really awesome customers and educate them and um, that's sort of uh, how I first started meeting um, escorts and um, other workers and it just made me realise that they're very normal people and that's when I decided to uh, use the dreaded word pivot, Um, (laughs) decided to get into full service and I think it's sort of what gave me the confidence to realise, oh, actually, I can really give this a good crack. (laughs) That's a good pivot. I can get behind that pivot. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And look, um, I know that like we've hung out a bit um, and we've had some really interesting conversations. And recently I um, interviewed um, Jenna Love, who has her own podcast with Holly Hart called Somebody You Love. It's really cool. Um, But we were talking about a lot of like really common sex work myths. And one of these myths is kind of like that all sex workers secretly hate their clients. Um, and that, that that's something that kind of affects not just civvy folks, but also a lot of clients worry that the sex workers they see secretly despise them as well, which is just kind of pretty fucked up. Like it would really suck having sex with someone if you thought they hated you. But this is the crux of it, right? Um, you know, assuming that when you're paying for a service that you're getting a performance rather than an authentic um, connection. So we've had some really good chats about this um, and I've sort of, I'm sort of hoping we can magically recreate all the cool things we said we were in that cafe last time. Um, but look, 
What do you think about that stereotype? Like, I know this is a stupid question, but do you like totally hate your full service sex work? Are you like faking everything with your clients? No, not at all. Um, I think that assumption is definitely uh, something that a lot of SWERFs and RADFEMs um, promote. Um, Because I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, it's in their best interest to believe that um, we're oppressed, we're trafficked, we're miserable, uh, we're exploited by clients. That we wouldn't do it unless we were absolutely forced to do it. Exactly. Um, and I think that's the thing is they want to believe that we're, um, you know, our clients are misogynistic and they hate women and that they're awful and violent. Um, the thought that a client might be just a normal human being seeking connection and seeking enjoyment um, is, you know, something that goes completely against what they believe and they right. reject it. Um, Doesn't compute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty, um, I find it frustrating because if I could just talk aunties into just doing one bloody brothel shift, <laughs> then they would no longer be able to believe those things because they'd meet all the people and realise how just how average and regular most sex work clients are. Exactly. I think it would blow their minds. Oh, my God. So this kind of idea that, um, you know, that everyone that does sex work hates it um, and that we look down on our clients, that we think that they're creepy people or desperate or that they are in some way deficient. Like uh, I understand why aunties push that shit, but I find it really kind of distressing when clients accidentally bring that attitude into the bedroom and it does happen it's happened to me Hmm. I don't Um, know do you find have you come up against people who've sort of gone hey or just making sure like do you really want to be here or you know did you really mean it when you said you liked my company like that kind of stuff yeah I think some some clients definitely do internalize that kind of thinking where um they sort of second guess uh, the interaction, the connection. They think, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the ethical thing? Is the work I'm with, does, do they really want to be there? Um, and I think that's the, I think sometimes when they come in um, internalizing that kind of attitude, um, it can make it very, um, it's sort of, uh, having to kind of help them unlearn that um, mm. can be quite uh, quite a process. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it has happened with um, some of my clients and I understand why because um, I, I think that there's a lot of shame um, when it comes to seeking um, this kind of um, experience. Um, and I think mm. that's why I, I sort of really just try and, uh, you know, tell people that um, there's nothing wrong with um, having needs and seeking out those needs and getting people to actually help you. Um, There's a lot of shame, I think, unfortunately, um, which is, uh, which is, which really sucks. It's almost like like, talking about it now, it kind of feels like this is something that often applies to sex too. Mm. Like that some people come in going, oh, the person that I'm having sex with, obviously they're not going to enjoy it. Uh, and I must be super creepy for even wanting sex in the first place. And it makes it really hard for them to actually enjoy things and connect. Like um, I have a friend who went to a Catholic boys' school who's a bit older than me, and he said that his sex education classes at the school consisted of a like a brother or a priest or whatever, oh, no. basically telling them that women <laughs> oh, hated sex and if God. a woman ever looked like she was enjoying it, it's because she was just faking it to please you. And he was terrified to have sex with women for years because yeah. he, he was a good guy he didn't he want to hurt someone and he thought that if uh, if a woman told him that she was enjoying it she was just lying it's mm. fucked up yeah I, I think it is really unfortunate um when you have that kind of uh, attitude instilled in you is that there's so much guilt and shame um and just this idea is that you project that on your partner rather than taking your partner at face value um i think that can be very damaging yeah so this is i mean this is something that we see a lot as sex workers we do really intimately get to know 
like the stuff that's going on inside people's heads. And if there's insecurity or fear there, we, we pick up on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've definitely had a number of clients like that where they come in um, and, you know, the first time, um, I, I tend to see a lot of first timers actually who've never um, booked anyone. Um, nice. I'm kind of their, um, uh, I suppose, sort of like, you know, they're, 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 they're training bike, they're, <laughs> they're training, training wheels. wheels. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get a lot of newbie clients um, and they come in and, you know, they're, they're really shy and they're nervous um, or they're feeling um, a bit of internalized guilt or shame. Um, Cause I, I think it's the thing, as you said, is that sex is still such a taboo thing. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's just sort of trying to put them at ease and help them realize, you know, Hey, actually there are a lot of people who do um, enjoy sex and do, seek the company of um, escorts and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's very normal. It's just people don't really talk about it much because of the judgment from the outside world, I guess. Do you think they're kind of surprised to come in and maybe they're expecting maybe the kind of experience you see in the movies, which is this really superficial, like being on a porn set, everyone's <laughs> making eye contact and you just rush through it and it's all about coming. Do you think they're quite startled to actually be confronted by a, a real person, having a real conversation with them? Yeah, I think definitely uh, some of them are startled. Um, I, I think that's the thing. Unfortunately, you do get some of these media representations and it's either very glamorized or, you know, it's very it's very glamorized or it's very dehumanizing or, um, or, you know, the other option is this idea of horrible exploitation where the worker is miserable and trafficked and awful. Um, and so I think the idea of actually coming into a room and seeing someone who's just very normal and, you know, just a fellow human being you can connect with and have a nice time with and it doesn't have to feel cold or dehumanising or disconnected um, can sometimes be a bit of a surprise to people. It's sort of a game changer. Yeah, yeah, you've mm. got to have the experience to know that exactly. the person you're connecting with is actually a person. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's the problem, unfortunately, is that a lot of people outside of the industry who aren't um, who aren't escorts, who aren't clients, they don't really understand that, um, is that they just make a lot of assumptions. They're like, oh, your work must be so um, weird and gross and boring and shameful or, you know, you must hate the people you see. Um, like, you know, clients are awful people. Um, it's just like, you know, mm. you've never done this work you've never been a client how would you know i just want to wheel everyone into a brothel and go hey just you know <laughs> just crank out a shift yes you know but of course we can't do that not everyone no. is cut out for sex work it takes very specific skills but i just want them to stand in the corner for eight hours and you know once you've seen how things work and obviously it's different for everyone it's really hard to hang on to some of those really shitty assumptions but but breaking them down all right and i guess i struggle a little bit with this with um, with clients sometimes because they really are convinced that I'm just doing a really good job of pretending to give a shit. And, I, you know, every, everyone does this job differently. Everyone gives a shit to a different level. I swear a lot, by the way. I should have wondered that <laughs> That's before okay. we started. <laughs> if you swear, it means I can swear too. So <laughs> Totally. <laughs> good. <laughs> to me, this job is like fundamentally about giving a shit. Like I care about people and I enjoy looking them. I enjoy looking them. I enjoy seeing them look happy. Um, mm. so that that's me and of course everyone's different everyone does the job for different reasons and gets different things out of it but then I find it really hard when I get clients who come in and even when I'm being myself say are you are you really being yourself or are you just pretending like are you just putting on a total fake persona right now I'm like man I just you know I'm I am being myself how do I how do I prove that it's a tough job yeah I think it is a tough job um I think it's something to be mindful of is that you can be yourself and still connect to someone, but also 
we're, we're juggling multiple plates here is that we're still professionals mm-hmm. um, and we're still providing a service that we need to make sure that um, is catered for the client and they feel satisfied with the experience they receive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's just sort of, it's just, you know, trying to be professional and also authentic. And then also it, it's a lot of juggling. Um, and so, yeah, you have to be very, very mindful. And maybe this assumption that you can't be professional and authentic at the same time, that if you're professional, it means everything's fake. And that if you're authentic, it means that you're not being professional. Whereas, you know, there are tons of jobs where you can be both genuinely friendly to the people mm. you you work with, but also doing your job really well. And it's kind of weird that we often people feel like sex work, it's one or the other, that you can't do both. Yeah, I think that is very true, actually. Um, and not just with this line of work, but with sex in general, um, is that I do feel like uh, with this work, you know, um, I am mindful of my boundaries um, and what I can and can't offer um, the client. Like, for example, um, you know, I do communicate quite clearly that, um, you know, I really do care for my clients. I have clients who, you know, are wonderful people and I care about their happiness and their health and their well-being. But at the same time, um, I am very careful not to fall in love with them and mm-hmm. blur that boundary. Um, so there are some things I do probably keep a little bit more compartmentalised, but it doesn't make mm. me less authentic. You're not um, going to show up at their house or something or at yeah, their workplace and they can't the show boundary. up at your house. <laughs> exactly. You know, we have a kind of, you know, our, our culture has a pretty poor understanding of boundaries too. Mm. We are very all or nothing. So it can be hard for some people to understand that, liking someone doesn't mean suddenly you're going to want to date them, that it's possible to genuinely like someone at work but not want to show up to their house, that, you know, that all these things we can manage. Like they kind of feel like, oh, but if you really liked me, you do all these things or you you totally see me for free. Like it really gets quite extreme. But you're right, you can just be in that middle ground of I'm doing a good job but also, um, you know, I do like you as a person. In fact, that's the best way to do the job. I find the, the clients I like the most the ones that let me be professional, but that also, you know, um, that I actually do like as people. Yeah, I I think that's very true, um, is that uh, I I think it's just about respecting each other's boundaries and understanding um, what you can give and what you can't give. Um, And so, you know, you can even extend this to like, you know, casual sex and hookups um, in regular life is that um, there are some people who understand the boundaries um, and some people who really struggle with that disconnect or they think that if you only want casual sex that it's sex without feeling or sex without Mm -hmm. connection and that's not true is that um, you can choose to have certain boundaries in place when it comes to sex but then also still care about the other person. I think sex without connection makes for really bad sex so I'm always trying really hard to connect with clients on some level and it's not always possible. Maybe sometimes we just don't click, but often we can find something we have in common. And once we find that thing, then we, then we get along and it flows. And this is part of them, like the emotional work of being a really good sex worker, being able to get that connection flowing, you know, like it's this like invisible skill. Yeah. I think that's the thing is uh, something that a lot of people really, um, they kind of underestimate in our line of work or they don't really see it as this proper skill is, you know, being able to connect with strangers and being able to um, really make them feel seen and heard and feel like um, that they're valuable. Like that's a really Mm -hmm. special rare skill to have. Um, And I I think that's the thing is, you know, um, as you said, is that sometimes we do have a few clients that we really struggle to connect with, even though we really try. Um, But 
for I would say most of the time I find I always find something I can connect with someone over um Mm. and I I think it's actually really it's really precious and quite valuable um is that everyone's seeking connection um whether it's validation too oh exactly yeah what do you do and I'm actually just gonna like I'll totally ask you for advice now so Mm -hmm. that you can help me with my work (laughs) but (laughs) what do you do with a client who uh, you know, because that validation and providing that validation is really important. So, you know, I'll find something to compliment a client about and I don't usually go straight for, oh, my God, you're so amazing, I'll totally date you out of work or I have a better connection with you than anyone I've ever met. Like I don't say stupid things. I just mm. find something I genuinely like about the person um, and, and you know, like, hey, you, you seem like a really interesting person or you, you're actually really cool. Like I love the fact that you've put so much effort into our date or whatever. But then sometimes I get clients who – just say, oh, no, you don't really mean that. You're just saying that because you, you know, because I'm paying you or you're just saying that because it's your job. And I, I struggle sometimes with what to say in that situation. How do you handle clients where when you do have a genuine connection and you've paid them a compliment, they just find it really hard to, to accept it? Um, yeah, I have had that experience happen to me a couple of times and it's disappointing. I, I understand why some clients would say that because um, I, I think that they – I think that they're scared. I think it's that kind of thing where maybe they're afraid that if they believe what we say that um, they might become too connected or, you know. um, Or if it turned out later that we were lying, they might feel crushed. And, you know, look, I'm only speaking for myself. Maybe if you were doing a type of sex work that was super performative and porny, you would shout things like, oh, my God, your dick is so big or something halfway through and it would be more of a vibe than than specifically accurate. You know, like maybe some sex workers do. Um, do say stuff to their clients that's a little bit uh, more optimistic than they might say to people who aren't paying. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. Yeah, I I think it really depends. Like um, I sort of – it's a tough one. Like I think when I do give a compliment to a client um, and like they sort of shut it down, um, it's disappointing because it's sort of like, you know, here I am trying to give you a genuine compliment and Mm -hmm. connect with you and you've shut that connection down. Um, And you can kind of tell that there's something in them where um, I don't know whether maybe that person just has low self-esteem or they're insecure in their regular life. Like they struggle to accept compliments from anyone um, or whether it's just because of my line of work that they struggle to believe it. It's actually super common to find people, and it's one of my pet hates, people that can't accept compliments in real life because you're kind of like if someone compliments you and you go, no, no, that's not right, you might feel like you're being humble, but actually what you're doing is telling the other person they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So it's actually nicer to say thank Mm -hmm. you even if you think that the other person is wrong. Yeah, or I think even if you do struggle with compliments from people, even if you just acknowledge that and say, hey, you know what, I really struggle with compliments from people, but I appreciate you saying that. Mm. Um, cause at least you're still allowing a connection. You're allowing a little bit of vulnerability and understanding and compassion. So yeah. I, I think that's the thing is if I do give a compliment to, um, a client, give a compliment to someone, I'm not going to tell them some generic garbage. Um, do you feel silly? Yeah, I feel silly. Cause like sometimes these generic compliments just aren't applicable, um, to s- specific it's, people. It's flattery. And not yeah. Um, all that's the thing is I'd like to give something that feels, um, genuine and specific to that person like Mm. for example you know if I see someone and I see the way that they're expressing themselves like they're extremely sensual and gentle and soft that's something I'll compliment them on I'll be like you know it's really nice to see a man who's so sensual and who's so connected to his sensuality um or like you know if I see a client who is really geeky and enthusiastic about Lord of the Rings I'll say you know I love your enthusiasm I have Um, one of those (laughs) 
Yeah, totally. It's He's great. Amazing. <laughs> um, and I think that's the thing is I, I sort of try to make sure that the compliments I'm giving are genuine. Unless, you know, they say to me, hey, I, I want dirty talk and I want you to talk about this theme and do that, then obviously it's a little yeah. bit more role play-ish. It's more um, fantasy, which is fine too. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think that's the thing is I think if, you know, we're giving compliments – Rather than shutting it down immediately and saying, no, that's wrong or you're lying to me or you're just saying this because of work. Um, if you feel insecure or you're really struggling with that, mm. acknowledge it um, because yes. then it allows us to still connect with you. Um, if you say like, hey, you know, I've never actually seen a worker before. This is my first time and I'm sort of struggling to know um, whether that's genuine or whether this is something that's a little bit more role play for you or something, or even because I, I struggle with compliments. Um, yes. you're like, oh, okay. Like I see you as a human being. I see you as someone who um, wants to connect, but is feeling nervous or feeling scared or feeling a little mm. bit vulnerable. Um, and I, I think that's the thing is this job. It's all about connection and also compassion. Um, I, you know, I see people as humans and I hope they see me as humans too. And I, I think when you see each other like that, it's going to allow for a much stronger connection and a lot more authenticity. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. That's really, really good advice. And in fact, I think this is what people want when they, maybe when clients say, oh, but do you really mean that? What they really mean is, can you please just reassure me that you do yeah. mean that? And if they said, can you please just reassure me that you do mean that? Because I feel a bit insecure. I'd be able to do it. But when they say, mm. oh, you don't really mean that, it does, it sort of ruins that connection that I'm trying to yeah. create. Yeah, exactly. and paying someone a compliment is vulnerable too. Like yeah. when you pay someone else a compliment, if they shut you down, that, that actually can feel hurtful. Um, yeah, it can feel mm. bad as well. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the thing is, you know, um, the biggest thing I find is that when I'm meeting someone new um, or, you know, wanting to connect with someone, it's that not only am I paying them a compliment to make them feel good about themselves and to help boost their confidence and help them I'm sort of helping them see, I guess, how other people see them. Um, so it's helping them, but also helping me kind of connect with them too, is that, you know, it, it's kind of like, for example, I can be quite a geeky person. And when I meet other geeky Yay. people, it's fun. I want to connect with that. Um, that's why I like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, a fellow geek. Um, and so that's why I'm going to give people a compliment about it. And so if they shut that down, it just makes me feel sad. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, um, it just feels like a bit of a disconnection. Yeah, this is good. This is a good life lesson in general. I struggle with receiving compliments and a lot mm. of my friends do. In fact, I have one friend who actually safe words. So they're, um, we'll start paying them compliments and they're good for about five compliments and then they safe word. They're like, red, red, I've had too much. And that's their way of saying, okay, I've hit my yeah. the limit for what I can gracefully tolerate. Mm. And that's cool, like setting that boundary and knowing yourself well enough that you can't handle someone paying you too many compliments. It's kind I think, of cool. Yeah, I think that's actually great. I mean, if, you know, if there's a client who does really struggle with um, confidence or low self-esteem and they feel like, you know, maybe um, the worker they're seeing is giving them too many compliments or they feel like it feels a bit too disingenuous, um, yeah. you know, even just saying that to the worker, saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate the, the first couple of compliments, but I feel like I've hit my limit now. Like, can we maybe just... Right. Yeah, um, and that's something that I'm like, okay, cool, that's a boundary for you, that's fine. Like I'm really glad I know that now. Um, so good. And that's not shamey either. You're not saying stop paying me all these insincere compliments because you don't know if they're sincere or not. Maybe that's just the person's way. But yeah. to say I feel a bit uncomfortable, I feel like I've hit my limit for this, is that exactly. okay? That's much better. Yeah, I think that's something I'd really appreciate because uh, there are some clients, as I said to you, I see a lot of uh, – 
first timers, um, people who are very nervous or, you know, are struggling after um, the end of a long-term relationship or maybe trying to find their feet. Um, and some of them do struggle with confidence issues. Um, mm. And I think that's the thing is um, I want to help boost their confidence and help them feel better about themselves. And so when I'm giving them compliments, um, I'm giving them genuine compliments, um, not fake ones. Um, but also I don't want to feel like I'm going overboard or I'm making them feel uncomfortable. And so I think yeah. that's the thing. I kind of need to gauge that and, like, they need to give me feedback too. Like, if it well, feels like anything know. I'm saying is disingenuous or makes them feel uncomfortable, um, they need to speak up. And I guess this idea that you can't just speak up and let your sex worker know what's going on for you, like, we kind of need to lay that one to rest too because mm. it's, it's not like the movies where you go in and pay your money and suddenly you're on a ride that you can't get off. That's not how it goes. You're allowed to say, actually, I'm really nervous, I need to slow down, or yeah. the thing we're talking about right now feels really uncomfortable. Like, you know, these conversations really help because we're not mind readers. Oh, exactly. Well, I think that's the thing is um, it's, you know, I always try and check in um uh, throughout the whole process like you know um not just like physically but also emotionally um like when it comes to conversations mm. and stuff like you know if I'm saying anything that might be possibly sensitive or you know maybe um uh you know might be a little bit too intimate to discuss or whatever I always just mm-hmm. say oh hey is it comfortable to discuss this or if you don't feel comfortable we can talk about something else so it's just constantly checking with people Love um it. Yeah, and so I think that's the same thing, even when it comes to compliments and stuff, um, just checking checking in and just seeing how they're feeling. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, I, I think that's the thing is that um, consent, it's not just about the physicality. It's all about it's about the emotional stuff too. Mm. Um, and so just checking in with people and being like, hey, are you comfortable with what we're talking about? Um, are you comfortable with this or with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so feeling? I think, exactly, yeah. Because, yeah. like, again, you just want to make sure um, – like it's you know it's as you said before it's not a static thing it's uh something um that is constantly evolving and changing and people's um comfort levels change over time as well like I mean when I meet someone for the first time they might be feel really uncomfortable and not want to talk a whole lot but mm-hmm. then I see them like a few bookings later and they're really comfortable and they're talking to me about very intimate personal stuff mm. it just takes time oh for sure yeah this is kind of relevant to my next question which is a really tricky one There are two sides to this. One side is I get a lot of messages and emails from clients saying, hey, like on the on the Internet and on Twitter and stuff, I always see these escorts talking about how much they hate it when um, clients say they enjoy pleasing women. And I don't understand why do they say they don't like that? And then on the other hand, I've also had clients that have said to me, just to let you know, like, I'm totally into pleasing women, which means I'll probably just spend the whole session going down on you. And then I have to say, well, I'm not into that. So if you genuinely want to please me, then we're going to have to do something else. And they're quite taken aback because they think of themselves as, you know, mutual pleasure, right? I mean, it's really important. It's really important to them that they get their escort off. But then what that can actually look like and whether that can actually happen is another another matter. I didn't actually ask you a question, did I? I just described a difficult situation. That's all right. (laughs) I think maybe my question is, you know, um, for clients that really, really value um, pleasing other people, if that's part of their erotic makeup, if getting your escort off or making sure your escort has a good time is essential to you enjoying yourself, I mean, that's a kind of authenticity that's very hard to demand. How do, how do we get that happening and what's your experience with that? Um, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing. It's just 
it, it's sort of um, just sort of trying to help uh, people understand is that pleasure is such a subjective thing and everyone has mm-hmm. a different experience of pleasure and what they enjoy. And if you want an authentic experience, it's understanding that um, different workers are going to have different um, uh, things that they enjoy. So, for right. example, if you look at... Um, you know, one worker might really love receiving head for an entire two-hour booking. Um, another worker might prefer to get a really good massage. Um, another worker oh. might really enjoy having a client <laughs> be a service sub and, you know, serve her tea. Um, who mm-hmm. knows? So everyone's different. Um, so I think it's really just um, when you say, to, um, like when you're meeting, like, you know, a, a worker for the first time or you're getting to know them or connect with them, I think it's just keeping a really open mind and understanding that, um, pleasure, authentic, genuine pleasure is different for everyone. Um, so if you go in with a blueprint thinking, oh, every woman's going to get off with two hours of me going down on them and they're going to love it regardless of what they say, um, mm-hmm. you're coming in with a very limited um, uh, view. Um, so I think it's basically just being like really open about the experience and saying, oh, I really want to connect with you um, and I want to know what's pleasurable for you. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you come in and say, oh, you know, this is something that I actually really enjoy but I'm open to learning, um, then that gives us a lot more scope. Right. And you can go the other way. Like you don't have to please your partner. You do have yeah. to respect your sex worker and respect their comfort and their boundaries. But you can say, look, I just really love going down on women so I'm going, yeah. is it okay if I pay for a session where I just do that with you because that's what I enjoy? And that's totally fine. What you can't do is both insist on genuine mutual enjoyment but also not have the conversation about what your escort actually finds genuinely enjoyable. Um, there's nothing wrong with not having that conversation. I just, I, You just can't do both at the same time, right? Yeah, well, I think that's the thing. It, it, sort of you have to kind of think, oh, what is my goal? Um, what do I want to achieve? Um, and so some clients, um, you know, they'll come and they'll only see me for a shorter booking because they know exactly what they want. They want to come in um get you know they they have a certain goal in mind um and they're happy to do that and then leave um and i'm happy to do that for yeah that's so service it's a paid service i like that they communicate very clearly they know what they want they're still very respectful to me um and that's fine um i think that's great but i i think um if you want genuine authentic pleasure um from the person um you're having sex with but you only want to do a specific act, sex act that the other person isn't really into, then you're not going to get the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not going to get that same sort of authentic pleasure. So if you, if you want a specific sex act, that's fine. Just be really honest about it. Um, but if you want to know oh, what authentically genuinely gets you off, then you might have to have perhaps um, come in with a more open mind or come in with mm. um, wanting to learn a bit more, I guess. So it just depends what your goal is for the booking. It kind of feels like there's a lot of pressure on people. And when mm. I say people, I'm actually thinking of guys. I think there is a lot of pressure on, like, straight guys in particular to firstly, like, the the new normal. It used to be about how much you got laid. That was how masculine you were, right? Yeah. And these days it's how much, how good you are in bed. So how many women you get off, how many orgasms they had, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of pressure maybe on on people in general, but particularly on guys to kind of show that they're, succeeding in the bedroom and what that success looks like will depend depending on what ideas you might have in your head but sometimes actually having a good time means letting go of those ideas or those goals and actually just investigating what you both might enjoy rather than going I have to get them off x number of times or I have to they have to scream at this number of decibels um, (laughs) in in order for me to know that I've done a good job. 
Yeah, I think that's very true is that there is a lot of pressure, um, especially on on male clients to feel like they're satisfying their partners and they're being generous lovers. Um, mm. um, and I, I think that's the thing. It's just, uh, as you said, it's sort of letting go of that pressure um, and just being open. Um, that's sort of where the magic happens. That's where you get that yeah. real authenticity and that real connection. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, if, if you're a client who you like, you know, hey, I've, I've come in for a half hour booking. I know exactly what I want and I'm in and out. That's also fine. Um, <laughs> Love your choice of words there. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, everyone's different. It just depends. Um, but I, I think uh, if you want real authenticity and connection, um, then I think it's about coming in with an open mind um, and wanting to learn more and not coming in with a prescribed set of um, expectations, I guess. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Having said that, I actually used to have some brothel clients who were there for a very specific thing. There was one mm. guy in particular who literally would come in, he'd say, look, I'm just here because I really just want to get blow off some tension. I really want to get off, but I don't want to go to a bar and chat women up and do all that whole run around. Yeah. I'd rather just honestly come in, pay what pay for what I wanted and just enjoy myself. And it, we actually had a really genuine interaction because he was so honest about what he wanted that it meant that I didn't have to pretend. We both knew what we were there for and then we were able to just kind of interact with each other in a way that was really pressure free so I, I don't know maybe sometimes just being super honest about why yes. you're there can leave room for that you know oh that's what I love means the thing is you know we're talking about authenticity um and I think authenticity can be interpreted in so many different ways is that right. um authenticity can be just also being really honest about your needs and what you need mm -hmm. um so being able to say to your escort oh this is what i need um and us being able to actually deliver that and give you a great experience and connect with you it's that's authentic that's authentic that's awesome um whereas if you come in saying oh i really want an authentic um experience where both of us are experiencing mutual pleasure um, I really want to know this, um, then that's authentic too, but it's a different type of authenticity. It so, is, right? And it might be a slightly more bigger job or might require a bit more interaction and communication. Yeah, a bit more emotional investment perhaps. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's a really good point. Like authenticity isn't necessarily the same thing as mutual orgasms or mutual pleasure. Sometimes it's just both of you being really honest with each other. Yeah, and also being honest with your needs. Um, so I think that's a thing I, I do notice with some clients is sometimes they come in to see me and it's like they want to woo me or impress me. Um, and in doing so, they abandon their own needs um, or they kind of neglect themselves during the process. Oh, um, that's not, not good for them and it's also not very attractive. Yeah, it just makes me worry a bit for them because I, I think that's the thing is the great thing about um, uh, seeing seeing a worker is that it's a chance to not only connect with another person but connect with yourself or reconnect yeah. with yourself if it's been a really long time and you've neglected yourself. Um, and the great thing with our jobs is helping what we do or what I um, love about um, this work is that I get to help people connect with themselves again mm. as long as helping them connect with me. So good. And such a good point too. If you want mutual pleasure, mm. it means that not only do you need to ensure your escorts enjoying themselves, you also need to ensure that you're enjoying yourself. Otherwise it's not mutual pleasure. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing. It's just communicating that um, with with your worker is that um, there's nothing worse than, you know, if, if you're with someone and you kind of, they're being very quiet and you're not really sure if they're enjoying it. And so you find yourself getting really nervous and starting to overcompensate. Yeah, and it becomes extremely awkward. Um, and so I think that's the thing is if you're going to see someone um, for the first time or you want to have a really great positive experience, is 
um, really thinking about what do I want to achieve? Um, what, like, what do I need? Um, like, I mean, I have had some people who see me and they're just like, look, I, I, you know, just want to be held. I just want, I just want to be cuddled. I, I just want to, and that's great. Um, cause I know exactly what they want. And, mm-hmm. um, I think in, in knowing what they want, um, that's where we let go a lot of the pretense and the expectation and the pressure because it takes a lot of emotional work to if you don't know what someone wants and they're not being upfront figuring them out takes a lot of my energy that could have been spent just connecting with them exactly authentically yeah well I think that's the thing is when you take away the pressure and the expectation and the nerves um, and you just genuinely connect with each other that's really beautiful Um, and that's Mm. different for everyone like you know, um, I think it's really just about thinking about what you need um, and making sure you don't abandon your own needs to woo or impress your worker. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that's part of our job is to make sure that you are having a great time. And, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. just uh, like clients to be mindful of that and just, you know, whenever they're seeing someone new, it's just being able to communicate and think, oh, okay, what do I need? And then giving it a bit of time too, realizing that maybe it's hard to relax with a new person. Yeah. So being honest, make doing your best to connect and then understanding that it might take a longer session or it might take a couple of sessions before you really start to vibe with them or feel like you've both relaxed enough to really trust mm. each other and start relating authentically. Like, you know, just give it give it time. Yeah. Put well, it on I, a timeline. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's the thing is quite often when I'm meeting new people, um, Sometimes I come across guys who are very, um, they're full of bravado or they're very arrogant or, you know, they talk a big game. Um, and then underneath that, you just kind of realize is that they're scared or they're nervous or they're feeling a bit anxious. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a while to kind of realize that. It might take a couple bookings, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, or just like whenever they feel more comfortable. But I, I think that's the thing. It's just, I think, um, it's totally okay to feel nervous and it t- takes time to really um, uh, connect with someone. But I think um, as long as you're open to that and if you're willing to share a bit of vulnerability um, yeah. and that vulnerability can be whatever you feel comfortable sharing, um, whether it's sexual vulnerability, emotional vulnerability, physical vulnerability. Um, Cause I think that's the thing. Sometimes I meet new people and I'll say to them, you know, oh, I had butterflies before you, you came to see me. I was nervous about meeting you. And I so think good. it's something that um, they are surprised about. They're just like, oh, I figured that you'd be like something from the TV and you'd be super, um, you know, uh, sassy and super this or super that. scary. Yeah, and I think it's the thing. is, And they kind of realise, oh, okay, like, you know, worker, like she's just a normal human being and we she gets people. nervous too. And I, I think that kind yeah. of allows like that sort of sharing of vulnerability is really nice. It's really nice. And thanks for pointing out that for most of us, authenticity is the same as vulnerability. And, you know, we all have to work at it and that, you know, it's a process. It's not a, it's not a thing you demand from someone, but you show up if a client shows up and can be a bit vulnerable and a bit authentic and then let the worker be a bit vulnerable and a bit authentic that that can kind of start to happen, but it is kind of a two-way process, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a two-way process. And like, you know, sometimes that vulnerability and that authenticity and that connection can happen pretty quickly and sometimes it takes longer. Um, and so I think that's the thing is just, um, you know, not to um, – it's really such a personal thing. So I, I think, you know, perhaps if you have your initial booking and you're still feeling quite nervous or you haven't quite connected yet, um, mm-hmm. maybe um, – uh, just sort of think about like whether, hey, you know, it's it's a kind of a process that can be um, uh, you can continue to explore um, yes. or like because I think that's the thing is sometimes it's very quick to shut down someone and be like, oh, well, I didn't connect with them in the first session, so I'm not right. going to say them again. You don't have to tick that box straight away. Yeah, whereas like, oh, I didn't really connect with them, but also I was extremely nervous and on edge and 
maybe she was a bit nervous too um, and it might take a little bit more time for both of us to share and open up. So I, I think it kind of depends, I guess. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you're open to that kind of authenticity and that connection, um, I, I think you can have something really special. Oh, that is such good advice. Thank yeah. you so much. And I'm actually kind of impressed by the fact that although I didn't look at my questions, we managed to cover every single one of my oh, really? questions just automatically. <laughs> Go <laughs> us. It's so good. Before we finish up today, yeah. can you tell listeners where they can find you if they'd like to find out more about your work or maybe get in touch about meeting up once yeah. the lockdown is over and all this stuff? I know, when we get a little bit more normality oh, back in the world. We can dude. finally get laid again. Oh, my God. That'd be so amazing. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Twitter um, at uh, TashMurphy underscore AU. Um, I'm also on Instagram, same handle, TashMurphy underscore AU. Um, you can find uh, profiles on um, Scarlet Blue. Um, uh, some of my other advertising is down at the moment, so I'll probably get that mm. back up once lockdown's over. Um, yeah. And, yeah, um, again, it's, it's basically at the moment just socials, but um, uh, I'm very, very excited to get back to work the second we can. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to new connections and uh, reconnecting with, um, with clients. And, yeah, it's going to be really, really great. Hopefully soon. And yes. look, also I'm gonna also going to drop your Beamit link um on the podcast page as well and what i'd ask is that if you guys have found this stuff useful and this amazing advice that tash has given um please consider um dropping her a bit of a donation because at the moment in victoria and and many parts of australia sex work is completely banned due to the lockdown and the pandemic it would be super helpful if anyone feels like they have the resources to just maybe pitch in a bit and help people out you can do that also via the um emergency fund for Australian sex workers that's being um that's still current but also if what Tasha said has helped you please consider donating to um I'd really appreciate it thanks for joining us if you want to become a real escort expert head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com you can also find me on twitter the handle is at all about escorts see you next time <laughs>